Welcome to the Christ Community Church Worship Service. Our in-person church services begin every Sunday morning at 11.15 a.m. We are located at 1281 Sheridan Street in the city of Baldwin, Michigan. Now turn with me, please, to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. While you're finding our scripture, let me say this. The desire to end well and start fresh is natural. And everything from our businesses to uh Dinner affairs to business meetings to long projects are even ending another year. Ending on a high note provides a sense of satisfaction with the past behind us and confidence as we move forward to the future. I can think of an Olympic long distance runner who is leading in the race, but in the final lap, he stumbles and falls. All the year training toward winning the gold is ruined in the final lap. Or I can think of a man trying to stop smoking, so he goes to hypnosis, and his friend asked whether he thought the hypnosis would work or not. And he says to his friend, yeah, I know it'll work. It worked the last time. I'll let you think about that one for a minute. <laughs> Let's face it. Starting well is so easy. However, finishing well is a different matter. Starting that new diet or exercise program is kind of fun, but hanging in for the long haul is the real test. Getting married is exciting and relatively easy, but staying married through the struggles, adjustments, and trials is not an easy matter. The same is true for the Christian life. Becoming a Christian is relatively easy, but then comes the hard part. Hanging in there as a Christian in a world that is hostile toward God and his people is another story. The world is constantly dangling in front of us all those things that are in opposition to God. From within, the flesh is enticing us to forsake God and gratify our sinful desires. And from without, our enemy, the devil, is getting us with temptation after temptation. The real question is, will your faith endure to the final lap? Beloved, the Christian life is like a marathon. It's not a 100-yard dash. Since finishing a marathon is not easy, when you see someone sprint across the marathon finish line, you ought to take note and ask them what was their secret. The Apostle Paul crossed his marathon finish line. And now in our text, he has crossed that finish line with energy to spare. And he's jogging back to where Timothy is who seems to be losing steam and he exhorts Timothy don't stop keep on running finish the last lap hang in there fight 
the good fight. These words have let Timothy know that Paul is handing over the baton to him. And so now he must finish well. Let us turn to our scripture passage. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 6 through 8. For I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto them all who love his appearing. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we're praying that your breath would breathe on us today. Mm. We have prepared so many words, but they are nothing without your spirit. We pray that your spirit would open the eyes, the ears that are of those that are listening and within the sound of my voice. Father, we pray that you would set free those that are bound. We thank you for the miracle of the moving of your spirit now. Get all the glory in Jesus' name. Verse 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Take your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, fight to the finish line. Take your other neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, fight to the finish line. God bless you. Hallelujah. The criterion of success that Paul used to measure his life was whether he had kept the faith. And that's what we want to focus on this last Sunday of 2023. The true measure of our success is did we keep the faith? So what does keeping the faith mean? Paul uses three phrases here in verse seven. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. We have two pictures here. One of a fight and the other of a race. And these are he's using to illustrate what it means to keep the faith. But before we go into what is involved in keeping the faith, let's talk about what faith is. The faith that Paul has kept is not faith in himself or faith in a human being, but faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Second Timothy three and verse 15, Paul is encouraging Timothy that the scriptures are able to instruct us through faith in Christ Jesus. So when Paul said, I have kept the faith, he's saying, I have kept on taking Christ at his word. I have kept on counting on what Christ has said. I have kept on trusting Christ's counsel. I have kept on having confidence in the promises of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Faith in Christ, therefore, can be most fully explained by faith in his word. So when Paul said he has kept the faith, 
He meant that he has kept on taking Christ at his word. Now we can ask the question, why is Paul using a race and a fight to illustrate the fight of faith? The first thing we can say is keeping the faith is like a race and a fight that it must be hard. Mm. There's got to be some sort of stress and strain and discomfort involved. If you are a boxer, you are getting hit in the face. If you are a runner, you are pushing yourself beyond your limits of tolerance and you train for long, monotonous hours. Therefore, keeping the faith must involve some sort of stress and discomfort. It's got to be hard. Jesus put it like this. The gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those that find it are few. The way that leads to life or the crown of righteousness. Paul, I mean, Jesus is saying right here that it is hard. Paul put in here, it's like a, a marathon with, a, with an uneven terrain. It's like going 15 rounds with a heavyweight champion. It's hard. But wait a minute. When we go to Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus is saying, Come unto me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest for my way is gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Wait a minute, Jesus, which is it? How is it going to be easy and hard? I think that to answer this question, the thing required by God is intrinsically easy. Mm. The thing required by God is easy, but our contrary heart, our contrary nature is what makes it hard. Think about it. What could be easier than faith? What could be easier than to stop trying to work out our own way to heaven and simply rest in the free gift, grace, mercy, and power of Jesus Christ? What could be easier than trusting God to make us secure and happy? But here's the thing, beloved, until the spirit of God blows all the unbelief out of our heart, there remains a tendency in all of us to overcome the obstacles to our happiness in our own strength. It's so humiliating to accept help. It's so humiliating to admit that we need mercy and that we need God. As long as this tendency remains in us, our faith will be a struggle. The easiest thing in the uh, the easiest thing in the world is impossible for those individuals who want all the glory for themselves and therefore do something hard. Let me ask you this, which is harder, 
To make a fortune or to give it away? Well, to make a fortune certainly is the hard part. But Jesus only asked that the rich young ruler give all of his fortune away. But it was hard for him because he loved the prestige and the power from his wealth. Christ just said, sell all that you have. Follow me and I will give you treasure in heaven. But the rich young ruler could not give it all away. So when Paul says that keeping the faith is like a fight and a race, he reminds us that there remains in all of us enough of our old nature to make faith a struggle. It is not always easy to trust the word of Christ because there remains in us that old tendency to trust ourselves and to lean unto our own understanding and to seek our own glory. Help us, Lord. Mm. <laughs> that is the first thing implied in the picture of the fight and the race, keeping the faith Keeping on taking Christ at his word and trusting his promises only becomes hard when we rely on our own self uh, nature, our own old nature. The second thing implied, especially in the image of the race, is that we must endure to the end in faith. Or we will not get that crown. He said, Paul said, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. You can run five miles, 10 miles or 20 miles in a marathon. But if you don't cross that finish line, you will not get the crown. If we endure, we shall reign with him, the Bible says. That is the second thing implied in the picture of the fight and the race. Keeping the faith is a lifelong task. You can't give up halfway through the mark and still expect to get the reward. Mm. Now, the third and final thing illustrated, especially by the image of a fight is that there are going to be some opponents. There are opponents who are trying to defeat us and we must resist them. The implication is clear from the last point that if we give up in this fight and take the path of least resistance, we will be defeated and not finish the race. Beloved, the Christian life is a fight. And if you sense no struggle in your life, then you are either already perfect or you have surrendered to the enemy. So who are these enemies to our faith? There are two main enemies. One is, of course, uh, Satan and the other is our old nature. And both attempt to pervert all of God's good creation and turn them into idols so that we will worship God's creation rather than him. 
I know I'm right. Ephesians 6, 12 and 13 says we are not contending against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this present darkness, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take on the whole armor of God so that you might be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. Satan and all his hosts have one main target, your faith. Because as John says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Concerning our other enemy, namely ourselves, we have two great weapons with which to resist ourself and Satan. And that is the spirit of the living God and the word of God. These two things work together. Paul said in Ephesians 6 and 17, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Our weapon in this fight of faith is the sword of the spirit. When we go to Matthew chapter four, where Jesus is brought into face to face, direct conflict with the devil. He is in the enemy in the wilderness for 40 days and the enemy comes to him and begins to speak. The only weapon that Jesus used was the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse four in chapter four, Jesus answered the devil and said, man shall not live. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And then down in verse seven, Jesus said again, it is written, thou shall not tempt the Lord thy God. Now in verse 10, the devil is quoting the Bible. Uh, and Jesus said again, it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shall you serve. There is no other weapon with which we can put the devil to fight flight, but the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That was while Jesus was on earth. Let's go to Revelation chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. Here we have the description of the glorified Christ as he appears to the Apostle John on the Isle of Patmos. And it reads, in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot and, and girt about the paps with golden girdle. His head and his hairs were like white as wool and snow and his eyes were as a flame of fire and his feet like brass and they burned like a furnace and his voice as the sound of many waters and he had in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged 
sword and the continents was as the sun that shineth. There was a sharp two-edged sword coming out of the mouth of our glorified Christ. And that sword was the very word of God. Listen to me today, right now, that same sword is in the mouth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and it goes forth through the mouth of our Christ, of Jesus Christ, but as believers, he is depending on us to speak that word. In other words, we must have that same sword going forth from our mouth as we speak the word of God. And that is the only weapon that we have in this fight of faith is that the word of God which is the sword of the spirit will defeat and drive back the devil in our lives it will remove the the strongholds the word of God is the only thing that is eternal in us the word of God will not change this flesh will wither and die this world will pass away but the word of God can never fail the spirit and the word ah they work together mm. the spirit uh, god's breath is the spirit mm. and what he says with his breath is the word and this breath the spirit and the word accomplish his purpose mm. the basic Force in all speech is breath. If there is no breath, there is no speech. And this is true with the word of God. The motivating power that brings forth the word of God is the breath of God. If there is no breath, there is no speech. Just words and no life. When you think of the human experience of speaking, there must be breath in order for there to be words. There must be respiration in order for us to speak our voice, our articulation, getting our message across is depending on there being breath coming up from our lungs through our vocal cords, which produces words and sound. Without the breath, our words are only empty uh, and so it is with the word of God it can only be effective it can only accomplish the things that God has promised is if the very breath of God is coming forth nothing can stand against it it is creative effective and authoritative over the enemy when we fight the fight of faith we speak God God's word out of our mouth by faith. But in order to deliver the word of God, 
We must feed upon his word. In order to deliver the word of God, we must ingest his word. We must digest his word. We cannot give what we do not have. If his word does not go down into our spirit, what we say will be ineffective. We must absorb his word into our spirit. We must enjoy and rejoice in his word. We cannot fight the fight of faith if you do not love the word of God. Don't stop. Fight to the last lap. Digest the word of God daily. Meditate on his word. Allow his word to absorb down into your spirit and then begin to speak it out. Say his word and faith will come by hearing the word of God so that when the battle comes by faith uh, you will know that God is going to take care of your consequences in closing let's look at Colossians 1 23 through 25 it's conditional if you continue in the faith ah we could stop right there if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church whereof. I am made a minister. You remember in St. John 20 and 22, the Bible says that Jesus breathed on the disciples and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, receive the Holy Ghost. Now in Acts chapter two, they were baptized in the spirit. But the indicator here is Jesus is letting you know that his breath is the very spirit. This spirit is not a it. This spirit is not something that comes and goes, but the very spirit of God wants to indwell you. The very breath of God is God personified and you must be filled with the spirit for the word of God to be effective in your life. Will you pray that prayer that his spirit can overflow in your life? The spirit is not overflowing in so many lives because we quench the spirit. We ignore his leading. In other words, we want to lead the spirit. And the Holy Ghost is saying, let me lead you. And fill every area of your life. Will you give your life over to him? Christ community, it's the end of 2023. And we all have made commitments that it's going to be different in 2024. We cannot do this in our own strength. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you his power and his ability to get us through another year living his purpose and living his life. Amen.
If you have not received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, say with me, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I've done many things that don't please you. I've lived my life for myself only. I'm sorry and I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross to save me. You did what I could not do for myself. I come to you now and I ask you to take control of my life. I give it to you from this day forward. Help me to live every day in a way that pleases you. If you prayed this simple prayer, please contact me at 231-349-1046 so we may share with you the first steps of salvation.